are listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Good Tuesday show for you. We're going to talk a little bit about Bachelor in Paradise. Not any details, but I'm getting closer to releasing stuff. We have a million-dollar question in regards to Vanderpump Rules, although I might need a little explanation on this. I'm also going to need a little explanation on two people that are dating in the celebrity world because I'm confused on who the hell is who. A legend announces his retirement in the TV world. The Idol on HBO has seen its ratings drop from episode one to episode two. Good. And Stars on Mars, from what I hear, sucks. We'll get to all that momentarily. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place, and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast brought to you by Green Chef. Green Chef makes eating well easy with plans to fit every lifestyle. Green Chef offers a range of recipes to suit your preferences. Go to greenchef.com slash realitysteve60 and use code realitysteve60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. Greenchef.com slash realitysteve60. Use code realitysteve60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. Also, Podcast brought to you by Coming Out for Love, the first U.S. lesbian dating competition show. Episodes are released every Friday on comingoutforlove.com. You click on bundles at checkout, type in promo code REALITYSTEVE for 15% off your order. There's been six episodes so far, number seven coming this Friday. And I'm telling you, it is getting so good. And the thing that I like about the show, it's not extravagant like The Bachelor or Bachelorette. They're not traveling anywhere. They're staying pretty much in Palm Springs, at least they have for the first six episodes. There aren't these outlandish dates. But the one thing that I appreciate about the show is its realness and its authenticity. Basically, you know how when you see on The Bachelor, the lead during a group date pulls someone aside and talks to them, and the the conversation is so edited, it is so choppy, Well, Amber, the key master on Coming Out for Love, had a group date with three other women, and they said you were given 10 minutes. And the three women decided let's all go three and a half minutes each, or three minutes and 20 seconds each, whatever the case may be. And I feel like we saw all three minutes and 20 seconds of every day. Like there's, I don't want to say there's barely any editing. Clearly the show is edited. But when we are watching conversations between the lead Amber the key master, and whoever else she's on a date with, I feel like we see every single word out of their mouths. Like, you can't, there's 
Very little Frankenbiting that's happening in the show, if at all. Like, just I really appreciate its its realness and its authenticity. So, um, check that out. Coming out for love.com. Click on bundles. Promo code Reality Steve for fifteen percent off your order. All right, let's get started. Uh, Bachelor in Paradise, as we know, began filming last Tuesday. If I'm not mistaken, last night was your second rose ceremony. If it wasn't last night, it's tonight. The men, as I said in yesterday's podcast, the men gave out roses in the first rose ceremony. That is now seven of the nine seasons. First rose ceremony, men give out roses to the women. I'm hearing names. I'm hearing things, but I don't have everything confirmed, and I want to have it all out there for you to make it easier to understand because if I just post things here and there and you also got to remember I say this every season when it comes to Bachelor in Paradise just because you know who gave out roses in the first rose ceremony does not mean those people are coupled up things change throughout the course of the season yes there are some couples that from the very get-go like last year with Brandon and Serene like from the get-go they were giving each other roses and it never wavered but there are plenty, plenty that give roses in the first rose ceremony, and then by the second or third, they're receiving a rose from somebody else or something else happens because someone else came onto the beach. So um, I wouldn't read too much into it, even though I haven't given out any roses because I don't know any of them yet. I just know a lot of the names that are down there, but it's tar- it's hard to determine, like, well, who was original cast, who possibly came in at a later date, whatever the case may be. But I do know that three women were eliminated on Friday night, and I just don't know who they are yet. I will fill you in once I know. But I'm guessing we're going to get a lot of Bachelor in Paradise stuff coming up in the next couple of weeks. I mean, they're already a week into filming. They've only got two weeks left. We're almost halfway through filming of Paradise. So... A lot more still to happen on that show, for sure. All right, moving on to Vanderpump Rules. So Sheena Shea decided to address a tweet from a viewer, and the viewer asked her, one question I still have regarding Scandival is, if the affair started at Guy's Night, why did Sandoval care that Rachel went out with Peter and wanted to know if they hooked up? I definitely think it happened sooner or there was an emotional affair already happening and Sheena replied million dollar question okay see this is where me not watching the show I'm not very familiar with this timeline I don't know when guys night happened and when Sandoval asked Peter hey did you hook up with Rachel and then Peter even addressed when he went on Kristen's Uh, podcast in April, Peter was talking about, I got an interesting text from Tom Sandoval. He hasn't texted me in six months. And then he texts me and he says, and I quote, dude, exclamation point, just watch the first episode, LOL, exclamation point. Did you bang Raquel the night after sir, exclamation point, question mark, crying, laughing face. Peter continued, if you go through my text messages with Tom Sandoval, he never texts me emojis, never does. At the time, I'm so disconnected, I didn't even think about it. What I'm thinking is, how are they portraying me on the show? So I call him. He was all like, oh, no, I was just wondering if you banged Raquel that night, end quote. 
So I guess I don't know when guys' night happened. But clearly, this thing was going back to what? Like, we, you know, the whole story that broke. There was an eight- or nine-month affair that he was having with her, and it was a lot deeper than we even thought because when Raquel gave that extra six-minute interview with Andy at the end of last week's reunion episode, or six days later, after the reunion filmed, and she's like, yeah, I'm tired of lying, I'm sick of lying, and... I'm holding stuff in, and yeah, I'm trying to get my story straight, and it just doesn't look good when you're having a relationship, a sexual relationship with somebody that is, you know, at a, with somebody while somebody else is away at a family member's funeral, which was Ariana's grandmother's funeral, I believe. And so I, I think the depths of this are way worse than it was. Sandoval doesn't seem to understand that. He wants people to get over it already. I, I, you know, I believe that Raquel obviously knows that she made a mistake, but she seems way more remorseful than Sandoval does. It's, I don't even think it's close at this point. You know, she's apparently coming up on, what, 60 days now in a mental health facility in Arizona. Some people are questioning whether it is a mental health facility or whether she's just kind of saying that she's in one and it's more of a spa place. I don't know, but I will take her at her word. She, and just from what I saw on television, I thought the weird thing was throughout the whole reunion, mostly episode three, because that was the one she was on the most is that she never broke down in tears when literally she was being screamed at. But then six days later, when she films that segment with a producer, she breaks down and cries about how she held back all of her lying. So I'm not really sure. I do believe her that she probably, when everybody in America hates you and everybody in the cast has turned on you for what you did, yeah, I can imagine mentally you are not doing well, and she probably does need some help. Whether or not she ever comes back to the show is a different story. It, it doesn't seem like it. It doesn't seem like this show would be for her. But then again, like, this is a major story. The kid just can't drop it for season 11 and start over with other stuff. I, I, I don't know what they're going to do because if I'm a producer on this show, I got to get Raquel on season 11. Maybe not in every episode character, but she's got to come back because that's what everyone wants to see. I think Lala was remorseful as well when she said watching it back, it was a little harsh. I should have gone easy on her because this is somebody that I'm watching and I'm realizing, oh, my gosh, maybe she shouldn't be a part of this. Maybe she shouldn't be on t reality TV. So Lala seemed to read the room pretty well. As I told you the night after last week's third part of the reunion show, I thought it was a little much. They didn't have to go all in and start calling Raquel every name in the book and calling her a whore and calling her all this. Like, she gets it. I think she's well aware. And it just seemed like a pile on and more done for effect and TV purposes. Not saying that everything they said wasn't correct. It just, the name calling didn't need to be the name calling. Ariana could have just said, look, I'm done with you. You were a close friend of mine, and you slept with my boyfriend of nine years for eight months behind my back. I'm done with you. I don't want to ever speak to you. I never want to see you again. But then she had to add on, you're a disgrace, you're this, you're that, you're a whore. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, she had every right to be upset at her, and she should be upset at her, and I don't think Ariana should speak to her for the rest of her life. But 
they kind of went in a little bit too much on the name calling. All right. I need some celebrity couple help here because I don't really know who these people are. Well, I know some of them involved. So I read a story on Sunday night that Liam, Liam Payne, formerly of One Direction, have rekindled uh, him and his girlfriend, Kate Cassidy, had rekindled. I guess about a month ago they split, but then they were seen again holding hands a few days ago. And I'm like, who's Kate Cassidy? I don't know who that is. But the name sounds very, very familiar, Kate Cassidy. But then I saw a story yesterday that said Katie Cassidy <laughs> confirms she's dating Hallmark movie co-star Stephen Husser, H-U-S-Z-A-R. Stephen Husser. Um, so there's Kate Cassidy and Katie Cassidy, and I feel like I know who both of them are, yet when I look at them, first off, they look alike. They're both attractive blonde women. I, I don't know who, who are these two. I didn't understand who either of them was, and I feel like I should know them. At least I should know the names. And I'm so confused with Kate Cassidy and Katie Cassidy. Is Kate Cassidy British? That's why she's dating Liam Payne? Is she a model? Is she a singer? What's her deal? Yes, I could Google it. But I don't want to. Too lazy. I see Kate Cassidy. I see Katie Cassidy. I I don't want to do a deep dive on this. Katie Cassidy, I want to say, I should know this. Someone's going to tell me, I'll be like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's who Katie Cassidy is. I think I might not know who Kate Cassidy is, but I could be wrong. In other entertainment news, the host of Wheel of Fortune, Pat Sajak, announces he's going to retire at the end of the 2023-2024 television season. He's hanging it up will no longer be the host of Wheel of Fortune. He's going to stay on in a consulting role for, I think, three years. But he is done after the season. No word from Vanna White whether she's going to leave with him. I got to believe she does. That would be really weird to have her still turning the letters. Actually, I shouldn't even say turning the letters because she doesn't turn them anymore. For the longest time, when we were growing up, when I was growing up in the 80s and you watched Wheel of Fortune, the letter would light up and she'd spin it around. Now all she does is touch a screen, and it the letter pops up. I'm sure Vanna White is extremely successful, and without Googling her, I don't know if she's got like a makeup line or a clothing line or a hair, a hair product line, anything like that. But it is pretty amazing to me that her and Pat Sajak have been the duo on that show for 40 years. 40 And Vanna White, as far as I know, she's probably dabbled in stuff here and there. But her career has really never been anything other than the letter flipper on Wheel of Fortune. I mean, not anything major. Like I said, I'm sure there's other stuff that she's done, other projects that she's been involved in. But I'm talking about, like, movies, television shows. She just never, outside of cameos here and there, I know she did a... 
two-episode cameo on Married with Children back in the day because that used to be my favorite show. But I'm talking about, like, ever a star. And she had that star look to her. And I'm wondering, did she just say, like, look, I'm banking enough touching letters on a screen. Why even work myself to the bone when I'm making plenty of money in this? It's in syndication in God knows how many countries. I'm good. I don't need to work my ass off. I'm making a shit ton already doing what I'm doing. Maybe that's the case. But I guess I'm just a little bit surprised that Vanna White never really took off career-wise outside of the show. I'm not talking about success and money because she's got plenty of that. I'm just talking about other endeavors, acting, commercials. Maybe she's done some producing. I don't even know. You know what? I'm going to pause. Let me pause real quick. You're not going to know it's paused because I'm going to come right back. I want to Let me Google her. Okay, yeah, she hasn't really done much outside of out of cameos. She wrote an autobiography in 1987. I remember she was in Playboy in a, in the late 80s as well. She has made cameo appearances on L.A. Law, Simon and Simon, Full House, RuPaul's Drag Race All Stars, Naked Gun 33 and a Third, guest starred on Married with Children. She. She has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. She, um, let's see. I mean, when she took over, she uses her income to invest in apartment buildings. She flips houses, crochet and knitting endorsements. Um, here's something I didn't know, and this is just unbelievable to me that someone even keeps track of this. She has the world record for most frequent clapper. As of January 31st, 2013, so 10 years ago, she had clapped an estimated 3,480,864 times across the show's first 30 seasons. Somebody actually kept track of that? That worked out to an average of 606 claps per show. Uh, yeah, I guess you would set a record when that's your whole job is to clap. And I mean, if if they're keeping track of that, shouldn't she have the world record for most letters flipped? Gosh, in 20 seasons, she clapped 3.4 million times. So let's just say that happens every 20 seasons. Well, that means in 10 seasons, she claps 1.7 million times and it's been 10 seasons 10 years since that world record happened in 2013. So you add 1.7 on a 3.4. She's now clapped 5.1 million times across 30 uh, across 40 seasons. That is crazy. And it's even crazier that someone even cares to give her a world record for that. But yeah, just nothing just nothing that really it's just a bunch of cameos. She never Really got into acting and whatnot. Just surprising to me, I guess. But what a run. I would expect that Vanna goes out with Pat. I, I just can't see her sticking around. And we have a new host come in, which will probably be Ryan Seacrest. He hosts every other show in America. It might as well be him. But whoever comes in and hosts Wheel of Fortune after Pat Sajak, I cannot imagine that Vanna's going to want to be. It's got to be Vanna and Pat walking off in the sunset together. Just has to. 
It's the way it should be. A couple other things on TV shows. As I mentioned in the open, The Idol drew 911 million viewers in its first episode two Sundays ago. This past Sunday's episode, which I have not watched, only drew 800,000. So it dropped. And there's already people online very upset about the provocative nature of the show, how triggering it can be. And like I said, I just don't get it. I watch Euphoria, and I think the acting in it is really good. I've only seen one episode of The Idol. Maybe the acting gets better. But the plot sucks. At least it did for the first episode. And this Sam Levinson guy who directs both of them just seems to be going for shock value with the amount of kink factor going in The Idol in episode one and how... You know, kind of this idea of rape fantasy that's going on in in episode one. It's just it's just I I feel like he's just trying to get headlines and getting people to tune in and just loading his show with nudity and sexual fantasies. Just I don't know. The plot sucked, at least in one episode. So I don't know if you watched it. Let me know what you think. Do you think it's triggering? Do you think it's over the top? Let me know what you think. And then Stars on Mars, I know has been on the air. I think, I don't even know how many episodes have aired. One, two, I know at least one. I did not watch it. I did not watch the premiere. Remember when we had Kristen Baldwin on? I said, I'm going to give it a chance and just probably laugh at it. I didn't even get to that point. I didn't I didn't record it. I, I know that uh, McLovin was the guy that got eliminated in the first episode. And the funniest part of the first episode, apparently, Ariel Winter who was the daughter, one of the daughters on Modern Family, she mistook Lance Armstrong for Neil Armstrong. So that's pretty funny, but I didn't see anything else. I have no idea. I texted Kristen and I said, am I missing anything? And she's like, no. So anybody see Stars on Mars? Any input? Was it better than you thought it would be? Is it exactly what you thought it would be and it's stupidity? Let me know. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. Please rate, subscribe, and review an Apple Podcast. The biggest thing you can do is subscribe an Apple Podcast so it'll be in your podcast folder the second it's uploaded into the Apple Podcast world. So I appreciate you listening. Thanks again to everybody who's been supporting this podcast. We're coming up on, let's see, we're a little less than one month away from one year since I started the Daily Roundup. I started on July 11th, 2022, and I've never missed a day, Monday through Friday. I've never missed a day. My plan is to never miss a day, even if I'm out of town and I don't have a lot to talk about. I'm still going to put up a show. So thank you all for listening again. Really appreciate it, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. See you!